erotic nonsense. Want that? They want that. I need that. They really need that. Just give me that. Please give them that. Erotic nonsense. This is erotic nonsense. Welcome to Erotic Nonsense, the podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay. I mean, read. <laughs> we'll explore it all. Classic bodice ripping historical romance, provocative political thrillers, sexy sci-fi, and everything in between. Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers. We'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is. We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin. Hi! Hi! <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's, yeah... It, we we're busy at work like last week, but um, today I got to do podcast things and it was very fun. Oh, to, good. Like, not do work stuff. So, how yes, are you? Yes, good. I'm excited to be here too. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about my book. I did some like fun research that involved a little bit of Netflix rewatching of a guilty pleasure show. So. Oh. Always I can't good. wait to hear. <laughs> um, I love it when homework is watching TV. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and work is like, it's like kind of busy, but like it, it's not as busy as it was during like the height of the summer work. So it's like not too bad. Yeah. Um, you guys are doing a bid for me right now. Oh, we are? Mm-hmm. Oh, not me. No, not you. <laughs> I don't. It's a, it's a I don't, sewer. I don't deign to work in residential projects. Oh, <laughs> well. I'm kidding. Oh, I definitely don't do sewer projects. No, you don't. So, um, and it's a very small spot repair, thank God. No, um, but, sewers no. are, I mean, they're literally <laughs> filled with shit. So. Um, yes, yes, they are. Um, well, we... So we had a weird thing happen last night because it's we're recording this in mid-September. Mm-hmm. Uh, weather is beautiful, perfect mid-70s, chilly, getting to fall mm-hmm. in the evenings. Um, and our power went out last night. Yeah. On like a beautiful sunny night. Did you find out why? Nope. And it was literally just our, so not even just our block, but like our side of our block. So like when we looked up our outage was 17 That's households affected the worst. So you like look out your window <laughs> yeah. and your neighbors are like watching tv and shit <laughs> i know like as we came because we got the like message that our power was out while we were um at brian's parents for dinner Oh. And we were like, oh, that's weird. I'm sure it'll be back by the time we get home. And it wasn't. Like, we drove up the street, and it's like one half of the street is black, and the other one's like totally normal. Everybody's that's lights so on. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, and so, like, on our street, the um, power lines run through the backyards right, instead of on, right. the, on the front. And so it was like we could hear the guys out there working to, like, get it going again. And they, uh-huh. were, they were just, like, fence hopping up and down our block, like, through all our backyards again. <laughs> Do they again. have to, like, get permission? Or no, is it, like, a they weird don't. Right it's like a, yeah, yeah, because that's where the utilities are. Right. Um, and so, like, all the dogs on our block are, like, <laughs> barking. <laughs> so it's just, like, a bunch of dudes that's in everyone's fun, backyard. Um, so, I, I mean, I think there was, like, a line down because that's what yeah. they were, like, yelling at each other, like, uh-huh. looking through every yard. And anyway. They so, must have found it eventually. Yeah. So, but it was out for almost three hours. Uh, it's, like, a long time. It's, like, the perfect time of year because it's not too hot or too cold or anything like we PTSD didn't last I know winter. seriously I like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it was it was fun because I got to finish reading my book for the week by candlelight in bed so I had to light oh two candles God. on my nightstand <laughs> to get enough light you read. can like get out like a headlamp or something I mean I could have but I mean, where's the fun in that I mean <laughs> I mean I think we both read historic room yes so yeah candlelight is actually very appropriate right it was perfect (laughs) so I actually kind of enjoyed it um well we had to have uh roto-rooter come to our house today um super annoying like I guess when I was 
gone. Um, like apparently like Chris had dumped like an entire cooler of ice in our sink and then okay. was like in our downstairs and like noticed that there was like water dripping down the wall. Oh my God. <laughs> like small amounts. But yeah, apparently, um, yeah, there was like a link uh, or a leak under our sink and like we thought it was going to be like this huge big problem, but he, so like Chris actually has some like plumbing experience. Of course. So, yeah. So he uh-huh. like got in there and like did some stuff and like tightened it up or whatever, but he thought it was still leaking. Um, so we like scheduled the plumber to come, but of mm-hmm. course it's like two weeks until they can come. So we just like. Like for an emergency. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really like, it wasn't a huge leak. It's just the yeah. sink. So it's not like it's like an active water source or anything. It's just sure. a drain. Um, but so he like shoved a rag under there and was just like, whatever, we'll deal with it. And it's probably going to be like, a, we're going to have to like get in there. Yeah. And, like, so the guy comes like, Chris is at work, but I'm at home. So I work from home. Yeah. So he's like, well, what happened? Because he like got in there and it's been two weeks and he pulled out the like rag that we put in there to like catch the leak and it was bone dry. Oh. (laughs) So apparently it was just like the perfect like combination of like the cold ice from like the hot day. So like there is, there was like a leak there previously that like someone had repaired. Okay. So, and it's like kind of like a body repair but it's like in a like the part of the wall behind a cabinet that like and it's like a valid repair but like you know it's not perfect so like yeah but like the fact that it was like a whole sink full of ice right on a hot day probably like messed with the like thermodynamics that like stretch you know like it like oh it, like I see. made the pipe like shrink Constrict. enough from being cold yeah. to like create a leak but then, like, now that it's, like, normal temperature, it's not leaking at all. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Because I was like, how would it be? Anyway, like, you, like, run water to do the dishes and it doesn't leak. Yeah. That makes oh, sense. Exactly. It, like... Yeah. So, anyway, so the guy was like, it's leaking. And then I felt like a dumbass. And was like, he was Oh, my God. We've all it. been there. Yeah. yeah. So it was like actually like great, but also it was like, okay, here's your $90 to come do nothing. Oh, the worst. <laughs> God. But anyway, so that was fun. Yeah. Wow. Sounds <laughs> super exciting. <laughs> Just what everybody wants to deal with right. um, when they're home working. Was Maggie home with you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she totally like, I had to like put the dogs in the crates and they were like yeah. barking and then she woke up. It's the, f- the fun of dealing with contractors. I have had a hell of a time getting all the contractors to wear their masks inside homes oh. at work. Yeah. Even like occupied homes. He definitely did that. And if he had not, I would have said something. I yeah. also like opened all the windows and everything before I came yeah. in. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I say it, but I'm like, why aren't you already doing it? Like, God, <laughs> I had, I said something to someone the other day in the grocery store, actually. Yeah. He, was that a Fred Meyer? And he was wearing his mask below his nose, and he had like a Fred Meyer name badge on. So I was like, "You clearly work here." So right. it's not like if it was a random person, I probably would have just like made space. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "I was like, oh, aren't you supposed to wear your mask over your nose?" And as soon as I said that, I was like, "That was really snarky." It was like the, the like heat in my like body. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Yup." I just like turned and walked away. But I was like, yeah, like Good so, for you. you need to say yes. something because yeah. otherwise they're going to be like, no one cares. Right. And, like, right. Because there's no way you like don't know that your mask is below your nose. Like, how could you not know? I mean, no. And I'm sure it was like hot and sweaty. It was like packing shelves or whatever. And it was early in the yeah. morning and there wasn't a lot of people around. But yeah, like we've all been We're there. all doing it. Yeah, we've all been yeah. places where we wanted to take it off but we didn't oh my god so. I feel I feel for people who have to wear it for like nine hours straight at work it's really it's hard yeah oh yeah, yeah. but I mean yeah like doctors and nurses have done it forever yeah and yeah yep. so. like during like 12 hour surgeries and shit so <laughs> exactly yeah all anyway. right well now that we're thoroughly depressed <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are what are we drinking oh yeah all right so tonight we are drinking <clears throat> the shut up I can take care of myself Ooh. <laughs> what I wanted what I wanted was a drink that would be great for throwing in someone's face Ooh. and that would really hurt so I was like something Ooh. with lemon juice <laughs> um so the shut up I can take care of myself is two ounces of bourbon three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice and three quarters of an ounce of honey syrup which is like half, I did half honey, half water. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do three quarters, like three to one uh, instead of two to two, but, um, or one to one. <laughs> anyway, it's basically a gold rush cocktail. Oh, okay. um, it's very tasty, late <clears throat> summer, 
early fall cocktail. So, mm. cheers. Cheers. <laughs> okay. All right, we're back. So, this week I read Bombshell by Sarah McLean. Mm. So, I was so stoked for this book. I saw um, Emily Henry wrote a review for it on Goodreads that she loved it. And I was like, okay, that's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a historical romance, which I uh, I love. I am extremely basic. So did we go to high school with someone named Sarah McLean? I have no memory of that. No, but okay. 100% that could have happened because I remember <laughs> I like 10 people's names. <laughs> It's probably something similar. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. Um, well, now I'm interested. What if we know this woman? Google. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. I will dive in with the back of book, which look at look at the picture on the back of the book. Ooh. All that's Over the last few days. Oh, wait. That dude is totally shirtless. Oh, yeah. I was like looking at the girl. It's like too scandalous for yeah. historical. I mean, but no, it's it's pretty scandalous. And so I was like, like reading this on the couch this week when my kids came in. I was like covering the back. <laughs> good butt cover. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. After years of living as London's brightest scandal, Lady Cecily Talbot has embraced the reputation and the freedom that come with the title. No one looks twice when she lures a gentleman into the dark gardens beyond a Mayfair ballroom, and no one realizes those trysts are not what they seem. No one, that is, but Caleb Calhoun, who has spent years trying not to notice his best friend's beautiful, brash, brilliant sister. If you ask him, he's been a saint about it, considering the way she looks at him, and the way she talks to him, and the way she felt in his arms during their one ill-advised kiss. Except someone has to keep Cecily from tumbling into trouble during her dangerous late-night escapades, and maybe close proximity is exactly what Caleb needs to get this infuriating, outrageous woman out of his system. But now, Caleb is the one in trouble, because Cecily isn't for forgetting. She's for forever. And forever isn't something he can risk. Oh. All right. I love the name Cecily. <laughs> I mean. Literally, I need to watch The Importance of Being Earnest so bad now. Oh. After reading that name all week, it's spelled differently. But like, oh. Oscar Wilde is like such a comfort read for me and the version of the importance of being earnest with Colin Firth and um Rupert Rupert Everett, Everett yep. who hasn't been in anything lately which no. is a crime against humanity god it's oh, so I just good. him from my best friend's wedding oh well that's also a great movie yes. but um <laughs> I definitely wrote an essay in high school about bunburying um about what bunburying that's <laughs> So anyway, we're going to go off on a tangent here, but in the importance of being earnest, um, um, <laughs> Rupert, oh, okay, you know what? We'll save it for another time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Sarah McLean, the author is from, uh, Rhode Island and is 42. So we did not, we did go not to in fact with her. go to high school with her. <laughs> Good to Just know. <laughs> I can't wait. To read a book someone, by someone we... Someone went to high school with Surely. Her. <laughs> well, someone we know, surely, that we went to high school with has written a romance Oh my God, we now. need to find it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I was so stoked on this because after like reading the description mm -hmm. and having it recommended by one of my favorite authors, I was like, it's a book where the woman's the rogue. I was like mm. so stoked on that idea. Like reformed rake is my favorite. I'm like, yes, let's gender bend that. Um, and I love Cecily. She's amazing. But I have thoughts. Oh, so okay. anyway, we will get into it. But uh, first, let's cast this bitch. Let's do it. So um, <laughs> uh, for Caleb, I have uh, Joe Mangianello. Mangianiello. I always say I his mean, last name wrong. I mean, that is what this I guy mean, on the cover looks exactly and like him. Like, like, is it him? She's <laughs> always referring to him as being like a brick wall or like a giant mm. slab of a man. Like, he's he's a big boy. So, I mean, yeah, him in uh, uh, True Blood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah it's he a, it's also okay. was okay. was giving me some Alcide mm -hmm. vibes. So, because True Blood, it's like one of my mm -hmm. first big forays into romance. Love it. Same. Um problematic but still love it yeah. anyway uh so joe is caleb and then i have kat dennings as cecily so she's from lots of stuff uh 
she's from Two Broke Girls is the show that oh, she was on for a long time. Which the she's the one who's also in the Marvel stuff, so she's like full figured brunette. Okay, not yeah, not the super funny, one. dry sense of humor. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay, I know who that is. Um, and I I think it's a great fit. She looks nothing like the picture, this picture on the cover, no. but um, Cecily is like very funny very much knows she's like classic my favorite kind of heroine like knows who she is knows what she wants out of life is hilarious is sex positive Mm -hmm. is it's a the author alludes to her bisexuality I'm like I couldn't call it canon but right it's like suggested um anyway love Cecily uh love Kat Dennings so that's the cast. Main tropes, uh, enemies to lovers, and best friend's sibling. What I do uh, love yeah. is that Caleb's best friend is Cecily's sister. Oh. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so this is book one in the Hell's Bells series. Oh, so I know. <laughs> um, her, like, all her buddies in this book are going to get their own books. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what's happening. But... Uh, mm-hmm. Cecily had previously appeared in another series where like there's all of her sisters get their books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't read any of those, but we'll talk more about that in a second. So, um, anyway, yeah. Enemies to Lovers is a classic. One of my favorites. Best friend sibling. Eh, I'm lukewarm on it. Um, okay. So overall thoughts, what I liked, didn't like. okay I have feelings about this book so I I mean I will admit maybe I built it up in my head like I was so excited about its premise I was so excited about the recommendations I'd seen for it so like I will admit I was expecting a lot all right I was so disappointed expectations (laughs) mean so much it's true it really does <clears throat> I have some of that in my book too, so. Okay. All right. So, and there is a lot I liked about it. Well, what I liked is Cecily. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Um, but it was hard to get into and it was like a slog to finish. Like I was oh, just, I was slogging yeah. the whole mm. time. Um, and so, I, you know, I think because this was like an offshoot of another series, right? Um, and it, you really can feel that like Mm -hmm. the opening scene I just felt like I was plunked into like a an existing book and I was already supposed to know everybody and I didn't and so I had a really hard time like keeping track of kind of like what was happening (laughs) and there's a lot of like the author holding things back to like create tension and then surprise you later but she held on to the secrets for way too long Mm. and so like Cecily is a part of I guess the hell's bells. They never use that phrase to like refer to themselves or anything. But um, she's got these three friends and they are basically like a vigilante group in this, in post-regency England. And they are like four women who are unattached. Well, one of them is a duchess who's married, but her husband is like retired from public life. And they are like (laughs) out there like revealing men for being terrible and getting them ousted from society which is cool that's awesome yeah but and I mean like how great is that as a premise like I'm so so into it um but I I like couldn't figure out what was it was all kept like really secretive like you know like it felt like it was for like a big reveal but then like she held it too long so it didn't feel like a big reveal and I was like just getting annoyed um also like the book is very dialogue heavy I started to feel like I was like reading a screenplay Mm. or like a script for a TV Mm -hmm. show. And like, it's good dialogue. Like it's real fucking snappy. It's witty. The characters are funny. I felt like I was like reading the script for like an Aaron Sorkin show. I'm like, we should be doing a walk and talk (laughs) right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like, there's so much that can be communicated on television or in a movie uh, to give you like context for the scene and explain who the characters are. So that they don't have to say it, you know, like you can tell who they are based on like what they're wearing and how they're made Mm -hmm. up and what their Mm -hmm. body language is. And you don't get that in a book. There's no visual. And it was kind of just left out. And so 
I kind of had trouble tracking things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, this would make like a really good TV show. But it's not a great, not a super well executed novel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Too yeah, too much dialogue definitely gets boring. Oh my god. And too like, much like internal mono like dialogue is also oh, tough. So but that's like, like you need a good balance. Yes. And that is my <clears throat> like other major problem with this book is that the internal monologue and every conversation, it's like it drags on and on and we go around and around in the same circle for the whole fucking book and I was just so that sick of it by the end. sounds like that um, Back on the Burbs yes. book that I read that was yeah. kind of similar. It was like, okay, like, yes, like, you've said that already. We get it. You can't fall in love. Tortured past. Oh, you got to protect her. I'm like, right. oh, God, I was so sick of it by the end. Um, anyway, Cecily's amazing, though. Um, she does not give up fuck about anything like she is just like living life she's in her 30s she's unmarried she's taken lovers she's comfortable with her like you know she comes from the aristocracy she's got money she's safe Mm -hmm. but like she has just like embraced this role as like a female rake and I freaking love it and everyone thinks that's refreshing for historic yeah historical yeah yeah she's just having a good time um, and she like loves it. She loves being a scandal. She loves shocking people and having fun. And anyway, and like the framework with her like group of friends and their whole thing. I just wanted more of that. I'm like, I just want to read a book about these women doing this. Like, I don't even need God, romance yes. in it. Yeah. Um, more female friendships that are not about and I'm finding just like, men. Yes. This book could have been, if this book was like about the hell's bells, but then there was also some hot romance on the side but it was like more plot heavy, that would have been amazing. I mean, like the potential was so good. Um, anyway, <clears throat> Caleb. I <laughs> I hope that book slam makes it into the audio. <laughs> Lauren just slammed the book down. <laughs> I cannot with this man. I'm like... Cunnilingus is not all there is to being a good person. <laughs> the oh. sex scenes are hot. But like, you have to bring more to the table than just that. I and mean, do you though? <laughs> he is just, so, okay. So it's it started out strong. Let me okay. lay some groundwork here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like sees her doing her thing, like take, you know, exposing a man for being the total piece of shit that he is. Mm-hmm. And he's like kind of disapproving because he's like, you know, older sister's best friend. He's like, you know, you should be being more careful. You should be taking care of yourself. Why are you fucking around all the time? You know, which like I'm into that. Like he's like he's thinks like I'm into the idea that like he has his shit together and he's into her but wishes she had her shit more together anyway. But in the beginning, he was like kind of into it like he was worried about her. Is she taking care of herself? But he also like saw her enter this. There was like a whole freaking battle scene in like the first 50 pages or, oh. or 100 pages where she's like, I mean, they're going rogue. Like she's got a dagger down her skirt. Oh. She's like breaking a chair leg off and like whacking a guy over the head with it. Like, oh. they're like it's badass. And he's into it in the beginning, and he calls her Athena, and he's like, "You're my oh. warrior goddess, whatever." And like, I'm like, "Okay, this but he is gonna wants be to, like, tame her." <laughs> anyway, so I was into that. I was like, "This is gonna be like an Emma and Mister Knightley kind of deal, where like she's precocious, she does what she wants, she's in charge of herself," and he's like, kind of low key scolding her, but also he loves it. That's right. what I thought we were gonna get, and I was totally on board um but so my the first thing that I found annoying is like of course he has like some secret that makes it so he can't fall in love and he he can't be with her you know uh and the secret is kept under wraps until like fucking four-fifths of the way through the book I'm like okay either fucking say what the problem is or get the hell out of here like you're wasting all our time um (laughs) And so I just was like so annoyed with his withholding and yet he's not like moving on from her. Of course, he's like keeping her right there. And um, anyway, and then um, sorry. So he also like the, the big issue that I deal with here is that like 
I think it's going to be like cute and he's going to become approving and be on our side. But instead, we just keep like going around with the same conversation from the first five pages of the book, which is like, you're not taking care of yourself. I need to protect you. You know, you're not, you're so reckless and I can't be in love with you because then you'll be in danger. And she's like, bitch, I'm in danger every day. Are you seeing what I'm doing right now? Yeah. And he's like, oh, but my danger will be so much worse. You know, like, ugh, it just is. And like, you think it's going to be a secret family, but then it's not. It's like a sister. And anyway, it's like, no spoilers, but, um, you know, the secret like is so easily fixable, especially by someone as like clever and with all these resources as Cecily. And he's still just like, oh, but my tragic past, I could never be with you. And it's just like the internal monologue goes around and around and around and around. And I feel like I've, I've read the same sentences, same like two like, or three sentences, a hundred times. Slam that book. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I really wanted to love it. Yeah. There was so much potential. That's, yes. Like expectation. And like when you're like waiting for something to happen that just like doesn't or like yeah. won't or like doesn't happen the way you it should. It's, that's so frustrating. And all I could think is like how much this book would benefit from a great editor. Oh, and like someone yeah. to help narrow the focus and like trim the fat because mm-hmm. it was so repetitive. But there was like all this great stuff waiting to be like added in that she just ignored. Ugh, so anyway, I, I, I will still trust Emily Henry. I'm not giving up on you, Emily. <laughs> um, and this book had so much. Cecily is amazing. Great so it's character. Like one of those scenarios where like great athletes don't necessarily make like great coaches. Like great authors don't necessarily like the reading the same books I think that you do. That's 100 percent correct. <laughs> and that was maybe a terrible analogy. No, it but... absolutely works. Yes, you make a great point. I will now approach things with. <laughs> <laughs> a, de- a grain of salt. <laughs> Don't just assume. Jeez. Um, so, yeah. Overall, it, it was disappointing for me. I just I wanted more from it. I want someone else to write it better. <laughs> write it I better. mean, in the romance world, that probably exists. <laughs> I'm sure I could, like, Google female rake stories and get a bunch or of hits. It- you could write it. No. Oh. <laughs> and nobody got time for that. All right. Um, all right. So ratings. Readability. Two. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like. Don't fuck around. I mean, like I said, it would make a great show. I would mm-hmm. watch this show. Ugh. <laughs> Hot. Hotness. Uh, 3.5. I mean, the sex scenes were pretty good, I admit. I mean, you mentioned cunnilingus already, and, you I mean, know. that's kind of, like, become, like, the gold standard is, like, if, you know, if the male love interest leads with the cunnilingus or female love interest on your main character, and, like, it's, I mean, like, when they I mean, make main characters pleasure If the there are sex scenes where the female or uh, main protagonist um climaxes without the other <laughs> participant I'm trying to be gender neutral here yeah then I mean that's like a gold standard right there yes I mean I think it's like if <laughs> if <laughs> with, with no penetrative sex yeah that's not I mean I mean this isn't a fantasy podcast <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, the sex scenes were good. And, like, actually, if you can get past the round and roundness of it, or if you're an, you're okay with, like, skipping through the bullshit, you might still enjoy this book. Um, you know, I definitely could see. I enjoyed parts of it. Romance, two. I am oh. not into Caleb's bullshit. I yeah. am not. Cecily deserved so much better. Uh, overall, I give it a two. I yeah. have a hard time rating things this low. Normally, I'm like three is like the lowest I will rate. But I just was so mad the whole time I, I was fe- rating it. I feel like now that we're getting into like the weeds, like I feel like our like our ratings are like calibrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like we're getting close, you know. Yes. Yeah. So like some clearer. of our earlier, earlier episodes, maybe, you know, like calibration's a little wonky. We were too gentle. We're, we're, too, we're, yeah. we're getting comfortable using the full we'll, we range need, of numbers available right. to us. Exactly. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. All right, vibe check. Um, 
I mean, it's it's not bad, actually. There is a only one person of color, but they do have speaking lines that are, like, relevant and important to the plot <clears throat> and do not revolve around the love interest, and they take an active role in the story. Uh, but it is a small part. Uh, it is not, like, it's not a person of color who's a maid or a servant or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's suggested that Cecily is bi, but like I said, it's pretty soft. Yeah. So... Eh, I feel like it's okay. Credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> when did this book come out? Uh, very recently. Okay. Like, like two weeks ago. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like brand new. Like, I'm pretty sure that the review I saw from Emily Henry was like of an arc copy that she got early. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, it's trying to be something, is what I wrote down, but it doesn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Okay. Favorite line. Ooh. I will say that I love the tactile feel of this book. It's you have so nicely so bound. Many corners. I know. Mark. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you'll see. There's like a lot in the beginning when I had really high hopes, and then there's like this section where I was like, <laughs> "Fuck everything." <laughs> okay, so going back to page bottom of page eighty. Okay. All right, so this is when uh, she has just lifted a chair leg, yanked it off the chair, and cracked a dude over the head with it. His head snapped back, and she turned away, knowing she'd done the job before he collapsed onto another table, the force of his body crushing the wood to the ground like a pile of matchsticks. Damn it, Cecily said. Now I've broken a table, too. What did you do? She turned to look at Caleb, who was staring at her. His own opponent doubled over in pain. Men never know what to do with women who fight. They always forget critical information. What's that? That when we enter the fray, we do so to win. She lifted a chin in the direction of the man he'd been fighting. Do you require assistance? His eyes narrowed. Absolutely not. God damn it, Cecily. This place is in danger. You're in danger. You ran toward it like a madwoman without waiting for me. And if I had waited, would you have let me enter? Of course not. Men are ridiculous. For wanting to keep you safe? For believing that you aren't the thing from which we are most in danger. She spread her arms wide. Look around you. Anyway. He literally never fucking gets it. <laughs> Sorry for coughing in the middle no, of that. No, it's fine. Yeah. But like, I remember reading that and being like, oh, we're in for some growth. Anyway, same fucking story at the end of the book. So I'm not, <laughs> I was so disappointed. Um. Anyway. So yeah. That's bombshell. Why are they fighting? I'm so confused. Um, <laughs> so because they, there's like a, and actually this is relevant to my deep dive. So okay. the fight was happening in a club that was for women specifically, like a, oh. like a drinking and hanging out club, like a, like okay. a bar. Um, and there is like a group of guys led by kind of like the main antagonist in this book who are raiding establishments for women and like, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, anyway. Um, so they get raided and that's, that's what's happening. Um, so. Do it. On that note, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like drinking in bars in this book, including a place called The Place oh. that is for women um, and where women can like go and drink and do a normal hangout without being like fucking bothered by men. <laughs> So for my deep dive, I did just where were women drinking? Mm. Um, So my sources for the deep dive were um, an article called The Underground Spaces Where Drinking While Female Was a Radical Act by Ishe Govender, which was actually on um, like a wine something. It was like a wine website, which I was like, wow, go you guys. Um, Because it's like a great intersectional article uh and then also a brief history of the irish snug by shaughnessy farrow and how prohibition encouraged women to drink by aaron blakemore all right so everybody knows about prohibition era speakeasies right they have become here i got really into my english major self here so i hope you're ready for this oh yeah uh which have become such a defining moment in our history and such a great example of the contradictory nature of our country and its identity as both one of the most puritanical places on earth and a place that supposedly values personal freedoms over 
all else. Um, They've become a cultural touchstone and a media fixation. But long before the speakeasy, there was the snug. A snug could be anything from like a separate back or upstairs room with its own entrance to a tiny little enclosed table that was like all walled in and attached to the bar on one end where the bartender could like hand drinks through a little cubby hole, um, which is sounds awesome and super cool. Uh, so snugs sprung up in the 19th century at a time when society looked down on anyone who like literally anyone who wasn't a middle to upper class white man <clears throat> drinking in a public space. Uh, snugs were never illegal and honestly like don't even seem to be have been a secret uh they were like an open secret so they were kind of aimed to like allow women and other marginalized groups a space that was protected from men's lewd behavior and protected men from having to see women get drunk quote unquote um which is just like so classic like oh, we wouldn't want men to see women get drunk, so we better protect them from that. And then it's like, oh, we better protect women from being, like, raped and molested and harassed by men. Like, those two are, like, equivalent. Right. (laughs) Um, And then they also were, like, really popular with priests and police officers um, to keep their drinking private. Because during this time, um, like, coppers, police officers were generally... But, like, you have to, like, come in and out. I know. Well, that's why I'm, it's like it wasn't really a secret. I mean, I think yeah. some were more secret than others. Like they had separate entrances. Okay. Um, but then some weren't. Like there are a bunch um, like still existing in pubs, especially in Ireland and also in England um, that are just like on the end of the bar. They're like private rooms or like a right. private booth almost. And those I mean, like I'm were not that. very secretive. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so prior to the popularization of the snug, women generally were not allowed to drink in public. Um, though, interestingly, a woman owning a pub was considered totally respectable. So, like, pubs could be owned by women, but other women couldn't drink in them. Pubs are okay, and it's respectable to own it. Yeah. Yeah. But God forbid you drink any alcohol. Um, so... Anyway, actually, in, like, reading all these articles, I found it really fascinating to look at prohibition from a new angle. So prohibition was, like, largely successful. Like, it happened because of the women's temperance movement, mm-hmm. um, which encourages, like, total <clears throat> abstention from alcohol. Uh, and it's very easy to look back on these women and be like, what a bunch of wet blankets, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds so boring. <clears throat> um, but the in- I guess the Industrial Revolution had, like, a really big effect on how people drink and like that they did it outside of the home more um and that women were that's like when women were no longer allowed to drink in public and um especially so women especially those of lower classes were now spending their days working outside the home and then they were also expected to come back to the home in the evenings and manage the household And there was this, like, expectation that women were, like, the moral center of the home. Whereas men could, like, go out after work and get drunk and gamble and spend all the household income. Um, So, like, when you look at it from that angle, it's very easy to see, like, why women would be, like, how about we don't drink? Yeah. You know? And, like, because the suffragette and temperance movements became, like, really intertwined. I mean, yeah. There's nothing worse than being stone cold sober and having a drunk person come home. Literally. Especially when they're supposed to be, like, your partner. Oh, And yeah. you're doing everything. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it seems like it's really easy to see how, like, the temperance movement and suffragette movements kind of became intertwined because they're, like, both ultimately about women's liberation, right? Um, but what I love even more is that during Prohibition, women began drinking in public all the time. And like, this is the birth of the flapper, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Prohibition became like a big reset button for yeah. women's drinking. So it's like kind of reshaped how the public thought about drinking and public socializing and who can do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, women led the charge on Prohibition. And then also they were like, and now we're going to do drinking how we want to do drinking. Anyways, yeah. fascinating. No, yeah, that was interesting. Um, there's a lot more to dig into there, but that's that's where I'll call it for now. So um, that's Bombshell by that's, Sarah yeah. McLean. That was fun. I mean, yeah. sometimes 
the like books we don't like the best are like the most fun to review. I know, I know. Uh, I, Sarah, I believe in you. I, I think you can do better. I would read more by her. And also I'm like, someone get this woman. An editor. A TV deal. Oh, or that. Because yeah. her dialogue is amazing. Um, all, right. all right. Let's, let's take a break. Take and a break. And then come back and I'll do mine. Sounds good. Okay. I can't wait. So, Let's do it. Yeah. So I've got a fun one. Um, so I read Because of Miss Bridgerton, Julia oh. Quinn, which is a, I, okay. So like, I thought it was like a Bridgerton prequel and it okay. is, but it's actually like the start of another series, the Rokesby's, which is okay. like kind of an offshoot. Um, and I also thought this was a very recent book, but it actually came out in 2016. Oh, dang. So, yeah, okay. which I didn't realize until after when I started doing my, um, like, research and stuff. So um, I thought I was getting, like, a new Julia Quinn. Yeah. Um, but this is not that, but... Um, well, I'm very fascinated I know. to hear. I have never read any of them. And I only watched the first episode of the show, which is, it, I, like, it seems like it's made for me. Um, and I really didn't like the main character. And so I was like, I'm not that, not that into this. We'll get and into that. We'll so get into that. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm going to read the back of the book. All right. <clears throat> Sometimes you find love in the most unexpected of places. This is not one of those times. Oh. <laughs> Everyone expects Billy Bridgerton to marry one of the Rokesby brothers. The two families have been neighbors for centuries. And as a child, the tomboyish Billy ran wild with Edward and Andrew. Either one would make a perfect husband. Someday. Sometimes you fall in love with exactly the person you think you should. Or not. There is only oh. one Rokesby <laughs> Billy absolutely cannot tolerate. And that is George. He may be the eldest and the heir to the earldom, but he's arrogant, annoying, and he's... And she's absolutely certain that he detests her, which is perfectly convenient, and she can't stand the sight of him either. But sometimes mm -hmm. fate has a wicked sense of humor, because when Billy and George are quite literally thrown together, a whole new sort of spark begins to fly. And when these lifelong adversaries finally kiss, they just might discover that the one person they can't abide is the one person they can't live without. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you hear the, like... Yep. bile building yep. in the back of my yes, mouth I as did. I was reading it. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Casting this book, Billy, Billy Bridgerton, um, which is short for Sibylla. Sibylla? Yeah. Which Ooh, actually okay. is cute. It's kind of like Sybil. Yeah. I, that's, also, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love Sybil. Sybil's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, Florence Pugh. <gasps> I like... A little tomboyish. Oh my god, yeah, I, love I love her, her. so much. <laughs> Literally, she's why I just got three new ear piercings. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know that much about her as yeah. a person. Well, she was in Black Widow, which I yes. Anyway, yeah. she's in a bunch of great stuff, yeah. and she's so charming. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, yes, love it. Um, George, uh, George is uh, I cast as Dean Charles Chapman. Who's that? Tommen from Game of Thrones. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Which is also in um, the World War One movie, and I'm going to get the year wrong. It's like 1918. Oh, that one from just like last year. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which was really good. He's a really good actor. But I mean, I was, I was going for like clean cut, like sure. typical, I don't know, like cute, young... I don't know. English Lord. Yeah. Yep. Totally. God, I had to like unblock Game of Thrones yeah. from my like brain to yeah, register like that. Actually, yeah, he's in his like mid-20s. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no. It yeah. makes sense. Not They're like probably... baby young Tom and like I know. Adult, I know. Adult it's, Tom It's hard. If, yeah. I mean. Brains but... don't work that way, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. All right. But no, you're right. I mean, I'm sure Florence Pugh is like 23 or something. <laughs> so makes perfect sense. Um, yes. In the book, uh, the character of George is like. I think this is like five or six years older than Billy, something okay. like that. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's like best friends with his two younger brothers. They're like inseparable. They Got like it. run around the fields or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever Regency children do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Main tropes. Um, so it's kind of like it's kind of like best friends sibling, I guess, but it's like 
Yeah, I guess it would be yeah. best friend siblings. But I, I was like looking at it from like his point of view, but it's like siblings best friend. I yeah. guess it's the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> and it is dual view, so you do go. Both, okay, both got views. it. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for my three sentence review? Um. Okay. <laughs> All right. Started out boring, ended too quickly. Rolled my eyes at the sex scene. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so, uh, that's scathing. I mean, yeah, and like it really wasn't that bad. But again, I was expecting a lot. Like, I Bridgerton was like, it's like a big thing, it's like a like phenomenon, a super popular, like. Netflix show like I just and so like I really wanted to do like a Julia Quinn I didn't want to do a Bridgerton so this is like a Bridgerton pre- yeah, like you know yeah. I want to do like a yeah but, and so I just I think I just expected too much but um, yeah I really didn't love this book yeah it was like it was fine um and there were like there were moments when I got into it and I did like like uh kind of like the middle section it was like pretty yeah. compelling and there was some good um like uh like tension there was some good tension mm-hmm. um but like i think i'm just i'm over the whole like oh like i'm a tomboy and i don't fit in except for there's no real reason why i don't fit in other than i think i don't fit in and right. like you know, like, I'm like, also a rich, pretty white girl, so yeah, you probably fit in like, just fine. Oh, like, I like to wear pants and ride a horse. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, and, like, and this whole, like, narrative of, like, well, I'm just, like, I'm just not like anyone else. I'm just so unique. Like, no one else is like me. And, like. Not like other like, girls. No, yeah. Like, that's just not, like, actually, like, all the girls are feeling that way. And you need to just, like, get together and talk about it. Right. Like, you're like, not, when you're a teenager, no one feels like they belong. Like, you're not, yeah, you're not an outcast. Like, you just need some female friends. Right. Like, to talk to. Instead yeah. of, like, running around with two boys, which is, you know, her yep. two best friends are boys. Like, yeah. So, anyway, I just, like, I'm just, like, so over it. And, like, th- there's, like, this whole thing where, like, uh, George, um, it's like, oh, you know, like, he's just so attracted to her. But, like, he can just picture her, like, becoming the perfect wife and like being the like perfect delicate flower even though like that's not what she is depicted as being yeah Yeah. and like there is a scene and I I should have like written down what it was I have a different favorite quote but um where he's like I think it's like after they kiss like spoiler alert sorry but it's been out since 2016 and I mean it's a romance novel so I'm pretty sure they all kiss yeah (laughs) (laughs) like like the good ones I won't spoil but if (laughs) I I don't think you should read it like fuck it all bets are off. <laughs> I mean, it's not a real spoiler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, he, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like so in love with her, but I'm like in love with her as like this perfect version of herself. And like, they never really like address that as like, That's he's not, he ne- there's no like yeah. reckoning of him being like, oh, actually, I love her for her. And I, <laughs> not like, like I, this version of her that I imagine her becoming. Yeah, exactly. And it was like all within like the last chapter. I remember being like, did he actually say? say that like yeah you did and like they never addressed that and like so this is like a happily ever after like oh yikes anyone anyway so um yeah so I expected a lot and then also like I I talked about like last time how I had read Eve Brown on our yeah. last episode yeah. so like I also I, yeah I just feel like I'm like that's like my cult standard so you, like, now went this- from Eve Brown to this <laughs> to what I read last week and then oh, to this it. like very closely Still. yeah um <laughs> Yeah, so just like no, and the sex yeah. scene. Okay, we'll get into it when I get to my favorite line. But it was I just oh. like I was like, oh my god, I can't like, wait. Are you let's fucking all serious. Let's all roll our eyes together. Um, right. So so I went on Goodreads, which is like my go to now to like mm-hmm. look at the reviews to like see. I was like, am I like crazy? Like, did everyone else love this? Am book? I the drama? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, like there were a lot of really good reviews for this book and I was really? just like, but okay. So I read a few and it kind of seemed like most of the good reviews were people who were like already Julia Quinn fans. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, mm, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe Bridgerton was this like super popular thing and like people who are not like typically romance readers were like reading it. 
And then they're not reading other things. And then they're reading this. And they have no context and they for, like, what context. it could be. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it was, like, I mean, it was an easy read. It was quick. It was all right. There was a sex scene. But, like, Like, yeah. just one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, yeah. I so, mean, not that that's all I'm in it for, but... I mean, I stated my, my uh, yeah. reasoning for getting into romance <laughs> from day one. So yeah. Why I'm here. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to get go to my ratings. All right. Readability three. Hotness one. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's I, I wrote three, but I think I meant two. Ooh. I don't think that updated. Overall, 2.5. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was not a, not a great week for us. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, vibe check, WAF. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it is, it's Regency. So, like, there is no diversity in this. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, I mean, I feel like there was, like, a few passing mentions of the, like, dignified butler or whatever who's, like, you know, but, like. No, no. It's, it doesn't count it's if not, it's, like, a servant role. Yeah. It's not. I mean, well, yeah, and that person was not diverse racially or oh, right. you know anything like that <laughs> it's like slight diverse of yeah. classes um anyway all right <laughs> i'm gonna read my favorite line okay all right <laughs> let's hear it from our one sex scene i'm gonna try so fucking hard not to laugh okay <laughs> i'm not gonna try as billy laughed one of george's buttons finally went flying and his clothing fell to the floor billy's jaw dropped George's smile was almost feral as he climbed back onto the bed, and she had a feeling he was taking her amazement as a compliment, which she supposed it was, with a healthy dose of alarm. George, she said cautiously, I know this will work, because goodness, it has worked for centuries. He kissed the corner of his mouth. Oh, wait. But I have to say, this does not look comfortable, she swallowed. For me. <laughs> he kissed the corner of his mouth. Trust me. I do, she assured him. It's just that I don't trust that. She thought of what she had seen in the stables over the years. None of the mayor- none of the mayors ever seemed to be having a good time. He laughed as his body slid over hers. Trust me, he said again. We just need to make sure you're ready. Oh, oh my God. It's just like so egregious with like someone who has like zero sexual experience uh education other than horses in a like it's the idea that like someone in that situation could be having a good time in the bedroom nope with a giant fucking penis (laughs) like (laughs) oh my god so fucking eye-rolling to me and like Comparing it to Eve Brown, again, like, there is mention of a large penis in that book. Yeah. And it wasn't oh, but it's handled so differently. <laughs> it's just like, I was just like, of course. Of course you're going to, like, toss in, like. Yeah. It's just like, I, like I said, I rolled my eyes. I was like, okay. Wow. Um, that is really disappointing. I know. Yeah. I mean, anyway, Julia Quint, like, she has millions of fans and she is very popular and i do wonder if some of her other books are maybe better or like different i don't know maybe there are like one or two great ones and that's like carried her through i mean it's it's hard when you like find a book you love and then other books from that author are not as great like i do feel like sometimes also these like popular romance novels like like it's like a little bit of like a snowball effect where like it becomes popular so then it becomes like safe and it's yes. not like right you don't have to be like embarrassed for reading exactly. it because now it's so, culturally accepted it's like with 50 shades of gray how like exactly everyone yeah. read it even though they were all like well i'm just reading to see what it's about like no you like, know it oh, was it's like so popular like yeah. oh it has sex scenes what like, right yeah yeah so anyway no totally um i will say <clears throat> that like my greatest pet peeve as someone who like makes clothes as yes. my hobby is like why do authors not know how fucking clothes work like <laughs> One button pops and all his clothes fall to the floor? What is that? I mean, yeah, like, I don't know how Regency era men's pants work, but yeah, I'm pretty sure there's more than one button. I mean, they had like at least six buttons. I and mean, also, it's, it's like and- they were, yes, there were so many <laughs> articles of clothing. Like, there's no way to make them all fall off at once. Yes, yes. And of course, since this is Regency, they had to be like sneaking around and like, yeah. you know, of course. Yeah. Like, 
Spoiler, again, I don't care because I don't want you to read this book. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, spoiler. They had sex before they got married. <gasps> no one did that then. Ever. Just kidding, they did. <laughs> I actually almost did that for my deep dive this time. Oh. Just like people having premarital sex. Yeah. In Regency England and really any pre 20th century yeah. time. That's a really big topic. One day I would love to tackle <laughs> sure. it when I have the We've right got time. Book, but We've got yeah. time. All right. My deep dive um, yeah. is getting into the Bridgerton Netflix series. Oh, okay. So I'm going into the like the criticism for the series. <clears throat> Content warning. Okay. Marital rape and poor sex. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, did I miss my... No, we talked about that. Okay. Um, also this will include major spoilers for the Netflix series okay I think that's okay it's been out for over a year I think every everyone but me watched it so I mean (laughs) yeah um and the book the book's been out since a long time 20 it's been 20 years so I so this this content warning that you've given Mm -hmm. is why I haven't read it yeah um and that's it's legit so um all right. So, uh, the part of the series that we're going to talk about, um, it was adapted from The Duke and I by Julia mm-hmm. Quinn. So, it's not this novel. It is a Bridgerton series yes. novel. Okay. Yeah. And it follows Daphne Bridgerton um, and Simon Bassett. So, they engage in like a dating ruse, an eventual marriage. Um, Daphne has always wanted a big family with lots of kids. But Simon, due to his father's abuse of him as a child, has vowed to never have children. It's sort of like a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, he vows to never produce an heir. Um, so, Simon tells Daphne that he can't have children. Um, which Daphne accepts, assuming it's kind of like a medical thing. Mm-hmm. Um But Daphne was not educated on how children are conceived, so she doesn't realize that Simon is using the pull-out method to avoid pregnancy and having children. So there's some scenes in the series which were actually fucking hilarious, where two other female characters are trying to figure out, like, how sex works. I think it's like her younger sister and like her friend. Oh, this is the scene that has Claire from um D- Dairy Girl. D- yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. I've Best seen character. Yes. Yeah. So there's some gent like the series I actually fully enjoyed. Yeah. Like there are some fucking hilarious scenes. Yes. They're like I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah, some parts of the series are so funny and that was mm-hmm. what they're like trying to figure out how it works and they're like t- like who can they're like oh, it like- couldn't possibly be that like <laughs> so fucking funny um Shonda Rhimes is Shonda- real good oh, at TV yes <laughs> I mean yeah like yeah. I yeah uh Grey's Anatomy I yeah that is one of my guilty pleasures mm-hmm. also from like also 20 years ago now right <laughs> don't like, even say that <laughs> <laughs> it's on like Season like 13 or 14, I think now. Maybe even more. Wait, it's not still on. It's still on. Yes. Yes, it is. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I remember watching that. Yes. It doesn't with, have any of the original cast members on it, right? Um, I think a handful. Yeah. Like one or two, maybe. What? <laughs> most, most of the cast members have been killed off. <laughs> which yeah i haven't seen it i haven't seen like the last like five or six seasons wow some I of didn't... the early seasons are yeah chef's kiss yes Amazing. i've heard yeah all right back to bridgerton okay <clears throat> um anyway so uh eventually daphne talks to someone and she thinks she's figured out that like simon has like lied to her and he can't have children but he doesn't want to mm-hmm. so in order to test her theory she initiates sex with him and then gets on top so he can't pull out um even though he tries several times mm-hmm. apparently in the book it's like slightly different like he comes home drunk and she takes advantage of him yeah i'm not exactly sure but like either way like that's rape like forcing yeah. someone to completion yeah. it's it's rape yeah um, so a lot of the crit- criticism, uh, was people wondering like why the scene was even included. Um, the novel was published 20 years ago and there's been lots of vocal objections from readers. There was plenty of opportunity for them to change it slightly to admit yeah. that, um, or even like address it. Um, but the series kind of like justifies it instead that he is like, lied to her um 
and I like I'm gonna be perfectly honest here. I watched it like as soon as it came out, and as I was watching this part, like I it didn't occur to me. It like, didn't register. It didn't. Yeah. yeah. So that's like this is me acknowledging that. But like, okay, yeah. now I've like seen more information. Like, yeah, yeah that's doesn't that's feel a good. problem. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like now that I've like had time to process and like read some of these things, like yeah, that's that's not good. Um. And it's. It's, like, part of this, like, bigger picture of just, like, consent issues and rape being, like, used as, like, a plot point. Plot device. So many popular um, series. Outlander. Outlander. Game of Thrones. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then it's just, like, there there was opportunity. There was opportunity for them to show. um, I mean, like, they could have, they could have highlighted the fact that, like, a woman of this era having zero sexual education, like, how could she have known that this was wrong? Like, they, you right. know, they could have highlighted that part, and then they could have highlighted, like, okay, her education and, like, figuring out that, like, yeah, this was wrong. If you actually got pregnant this way, like, how fucking terrible would that be? Like, right. your marriage would never recover. Right. Um, but they don't. Um, they're, like, they're, I think there is a moment where she she like they they reconcile but like i think i feel like it ends up being like him apologizing to her like and yeah. it's just even like, though he was super clear from the beginning well no so he he lied he didn't say that he didn't want to have children oh he didn't say that He's, to her he said that he can't have children so he did right. lie to her yeah but like this like be, like him like lying to her like it's yeah. not equivalent and like no if and then it's victim blaming and it's you know yeah. like yeah anyway um so if they included you know they could have like included some of that like her reconciling like whatever and like that maybe would have made it slightly better but like they probably just shouldn't have included it at all yeah. <laughs> um so yeah um and like having said that like the rest of the series like i really enjoyed and like i do really respect shonda rhimes and yeah so it is like i yeah it's it's controversial like because it's a woman raping a man like if we if we want equality like yeah we need equality it's equality both ways and i'm fine with that and everyone should be fine with that and yeah yeah so that's the end of my deep dive <laughs> That's a tough one to process. It's right. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's very relevant because we have so many modern adaptations of mm-hmm. actual historical texts, and then also like historically based. So, like mm-hmm. you know, this is not a historical text like a Jane Austen. No, it's actually a historical text, but it is about a historical era. Um, and like 20 years ago, it was a very different landscape. Mm-hmm. So, like how people choose to adapt these works for a modern audience is important. Um, right. Well, and like the fact that they, I feel like they actually, I mean, it's like nuanced, but I feel like they actually maybe made it worse. Like to make it so like visual. I don't know. Right. Where she is like physically forcing it. Yeah. Anyway. I haven't seen it, so I don't know like how upsetting it feels when you watch it, but because the show's pretty graphic, right? Yes, this <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the show is like yeah, like 15 minute long sex scenes like Whoa. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> that long. It felt that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, the show is hot. Yeah, I mean it's hot. Yeah. Well, I mean the actors Lots. in it are hot. Like that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But Man. Anyway, it's yes. a very complex Sorry issue. To no, no, totally. I mean, it's like, do you totally redo the text to like make it palatable for modern <clears throat> audiences, or do you adapt it as is but comment on it? Like, what you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different ways to take it, and um, um, I will say that um, I did look up Julia Quinn's um reaction, and I did not write down her exact quote, but it was something along the lines of. I don't see any reason for a feminist to have any, I should have written down the exact quote. It was like, I don't see any reason for any feminist to see anything wrong with any of my books or something like that. This is the problem I have yeah. like, with Diana Gabaldon, the Outlander author, is yeah. that like there is a lot of really legit criticism of especially the early books, mm-hmm. but all of them. And she just, 
point blank refuses yeah. to acknowledge that like maybe I made a mistake early I sh- in my I race should have and now I learned better. Quote, but yeah. And um, I mean, I just think the like most important thing is to like be open to criticism yeah. and to learn how to do better because we don't all know everything and we right. all have to learn. And I mean, yeah, I guess like a possible like uh, counter argument might be that like there's so many depictions of like men raping women in books over the years. Like maybe it's time to have a woman raping a man in a book, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, but it's one thing to be like, I wrote this as a commentary on, you know, rather than like, this is justification for what my character did. Well, and if you're going to do that, then like, that character like that Daphne can't be a good character after right. that which is fine like that's an angle yeah but if you then hold happened. that character up as exactly. yeah then it doesn't so, work like you can't use yeah. that commentary exactly. on it so, yeah right and I I would not make that argument I'm, yeah that's like yeah a, yeah so yeah because I thought I had read somewhere that the story um, was based on something that really happened. Oh. So that's what I looked up first, but apparently it's not at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to kind of like adapt. I found this other stuff. I mean, yeah. I had, I had seen this come up and I was like, oh, that's relevant. We should talk about that. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like, to be honest, like I said, I watched the series and loved it and yeah. like guilty pleasure type loved it. Like, you know, but I, that scene didn't, didn't mean anything to me. Personally. When you first and, watched it. Yeah, when yeah. I first watched it. So. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, we're <clears throat> watching things with new eyes. is like, yeah. I mean, that's been like in the last five years, there's so many things from my childhood that I can no longer yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's well, just about like learning and growing. And yeah, I mean. Uh, revisiting yeah, I mean, things and you can't like lie to yourself about it anymore. No. Um, and yeah, I think I probably will not read any of those books. I bought the very first one. To read after the series came out. Yeah. And it's been sitting on my shelf yeah. ever since I saw that content warning. Yeah. So. Anyway. Ugh. All right. What well, are you reading next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think. Well, what are you reading next week? I'm reading The Bone Witch by Ivy Asher. Oh. Um, I'm going to be reading Neon Gods by Katie Robert. Oh, all right. Sounds like a good episode. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.